0: Hello and welcome. This is Melissa Giles, Director of Portfolio Management with Americana Partners. Welcome to another episode of our podcast. I'll be reviewing the May market commentary provided by David M. Darst, Chief Investment Officer with Americana Partners. If you'd like a full copy of the report, please visit our website at www.americanapartners.com and request to join our distribution list. The first section I'll be covering is called Where We Are. Please note that any charts or graphics referenced are available by request through our website. Let's begin. Replete with blossom, inflorescence, and growth, and named after the springtime goddess Maya, mother of Hermes by Zeus, the month of May has through the centuries elicited cheerful sentiments of aspiration and ambition. Now perhaps an appropriate antidote to these past several weeks' tumult in financial markets. Even before the financial market volatility of early May, April itself featured 1. 10-year U.S. Treasury yields increasing by a meaningful 57 basis points, 2.89%, their largest monthly advance thus far this year, 2. the DXY U.S. dollar index versus the six major currencies rising a highly unusual positive 5.0%, 3. the VIX equity volatility index expanding from a relatively quiescent 20.56 on March 31st to a thoroughly fraught 33.40 on April 29th. 4. The S&P 500 index declining negative 8.8 percent, its worst month since March 2020, thereby rendering the first four months of 2022 the worst four beginning months of a year since 1939, fully 63 years ago. 5. The technology-heavy Nasdaq Composite Index falling negative 13.3 percent, its worst month since the 2008-2009 financial crisis. And the worst four-month start to a year for NASDAQ since 1971, 52 years ago. And six, extensive price damage wreaked upon Netflix, 49.2%, NVIDIA, 32.0%, the ARK Innovation Exchange Traded Fund, 28.9%, Amazon, 23.8%, Tesla, 19.2%, and Alphabet, 17.7%. To be sure, the picture is not so nearly bleak, when looked at from a long-term time perspective. According to MFS Investment Management, formerly known as Massachusetts Financial Services, founded in 1924, MFS is one of the oldest asset management companies in the world and has been credited with pioneering the very first mutual fund in the United States. For the time period ending April 30, 2022, the S&P 500 index has delivered a total compound annual return, including dividends of positive 12.3% over the prior 100 months positive 9.8% over the prior 200 months, positive 8.8% over the past 300 months, and positive 10.8% for the past 400 months. As investors enter the fifth month of 2022, an average over the 94 years from 1928 through 2021 inclusive, the month of May, with its historical negative 0.1% price decline for the S&P 500, ranks as the second worst price-performing month, tied with February, yet ahead of September among the 12 months in the nine-plus-decadal monthly performance ranking. It is worth repeating that these nine-decade results are averages, with a given month's outcome certainly having the potential to vary above or below the long-term average, with a negative 8. 8% decline in April 2022, vastly differing from the positive 1.5% average for April over the 1928-2021 time span. In April, the S&P 500 declined negative 8.8% following a negative 5.3% decline in January, a fall of negative 3.1% in February, and a positive 3.6% advance in March. The Nasdaq composite suffered a negative 13.3% contraction in April, after rising positive 3.4% in March, declining negative 3.4% in February, and falling negative 9.0% in January. After declining negative 9.7% in January, the Russell 2000 Index of Small and Mid-Cap Companies rose positive 1.0% in February, increased positive 1.1% in March, and declined negative 10.0% in April. Over the course of April, West Texas intermediate crude oil prices rose positive 4.4 percent from $100.28 per barrel on March 31st to $104.69 per barrel on April 29th. The global oil demand side continues to reflect slowing momentum in China and the global economy, fuel shortages, currently low levels of inventories and spare capacity, and precautionary buying, while on the supply side, one, the Russia-Ukraine conflict has exposed significant actual and potential supply disruptions. Two, several nations, especially the U.S. and including certain allies, have launched the release of crude oil from their respective strategic petroleum reserves. Three, Iran continues with the nuclear talks begun on November 29th, which could in theory increase the supply of Iranian oil officially entering global oil markets if economic sanctions on Iran are relaxed. Four, Facing pressures from investors to moderate growth and address their emissions amid concerns about increasing regulations and climate change, large US and European oil companies have continued to spend sparingly to boost production, even as certain major oil companies have halted and or completely exited their Russian activity. Five, consolidating U.S. shale producers have exercised financial probity, have not excessively increased output in reaction to higher crude prices. Have followed production discipline and exerted capital spending restraint. And six, following the 28th OPEC and non-OPEC ministerial meeting via video conference on Thursday, May 5th, the group, which includes Saudi Arabia, Russia, the United Arab Emirates, Kuwait, Iraq, and other countries, agreed to continue their pace of monthly output increases at an agreed pace of 432,000 barrels per day underway since May 1st. The 29th OPEC Plus ministerial meeting is scheduled for Thursday, June 2nd. During April, the US dollar rose positive 5.0% versus the DXY index comprised of six major currencies the euro, Japanese yen, British pound, Canadian dollar, Swiss franc, and Swedish krona. On April 29, the DXY index was 103.21, up positive 7.5% from its close of 95.97 on December 31, 2021. Being somewhat challenged by competition from higher short-term interest rates over the course of the past month, the daily spot gold price, as logged by USA Gold, closed at $1,909.30 per troy ounce on April 29th, down 2.0% during April and up positive 4.5% from its close of $1,795 per troy ounce on January 31st. Now let's discuss April month-end closing yield levels for 2-year, 10-year, and 30-year U.S. Treasury securities. For 2-year U.S. Treasury securities, after rising 45 basis points in January, 26 basis points in February, 84 basis points in March, and 42 basis points in April. Yields reach 2.70 percent at month end where they are up 197 basis points since their closing level of 0.73 percent on December 31, 2021. Financial market participants have begun to consider an even faster pace of policy interest rate increases in 2022, with two-year U.S. Treasury yields rising, even as they have simultaneously been expressing concerns that removing monetary accommodation too quickly might actually slow economic growth with 10-year U.S. Treasury yields and 30-year U.S. Treasury yields rising at a considerably less rapid rate. For 10-year U.S. Treasury securities, after rising 27 basis points in January, rising 4 basis points in February, rising 49 basis points in March, and rising 57 basis points in April, yields reached 2.89 percent at the end of April, where they are up 137 basis points since their closing level of 1.52% on December 31, 2021. For 30-year U.S. Treasury securities, after increasing 21 basis points in January, rising 6 basis points in February, rising by 27 basis points in March, and rising 52 basis points in April, yields reached 2.96% at the end of April, where they are up 106 basis points since their closing level of 1.90% on December 31, 2021. The following sections review three of the key factors we consider likely to exert meaningful influence on financial asset prices. Factors likely to exert significant influence on financial asset prices, U.S. and global growth projections for 2022 and 2023. Reflecting rising commodity prices, lockdowns in China, the potential for further interest rate increases, and fallout from the Russia-Ukraine conflict, the International Monetary Fund has revised downward its forecasts of U.S. and global real GDP growth. After positive 5.7% GDP growth in 2021, the U.S. economy is now forecast to advance positive 3.7% in 2022 and positive 2.3% in 2023. For China, the projected economic slowdown is even more significant this year from positive 8.1% in 2021 to positive 4.4% in 2022, with somewhat of a pickup forecast for 2023 to positive 5.1%. In its attempts to contain the spread of COVID, China has essentially followed a zero-COVID policy, shutting down large cities and more than offsetting stimulus from the monetary policy and other sources of government impetus. Given the projected slowdown of the two largest economies in the world, the U.S. and China, it should not come as a surprise that global GDP is projected to soften from positive 6.1% in 2021 to positive 3.6% in 2022 and positive 3.6% again in 2023. The annualized quarterly real GDP growth rates for 2021 in the United States were positive 6.3% for first quarter 2021, positive 6.7% for second quarter 2021, positive 2.3% for third quarter 2021, and positive 6.9% for fourth quarter 2021. As of early May, several forward signposts of economic growth remain in positive territory and include, among other indicators, such metrics as the slope of the yield curve, real interest rates, employment levels, the average work week, new jobless claims, building permits, and new orders for non-defense capital goods excluding aircraft. Healthy household balance sheets and compensation gains are also seen as providing support to the U.S. consumption levels. Additionally, the April readings of the ISM Manufacturing Index at 55.4 and the ISM Services Index at 57.1 are still comfortably above the 50.0 border that denotes expansion above 50, or contraction below 50. At the same time, it is perhaps worth noting that as of early April, economists at Yardini Research have been less sanguine about the 2022 outlook. In their view, after declining at an annualized rate of negative 1.4% in first quarter 2022, U.S. real GDP, driven primarily by personal consumption and to a lesser degree by business investment, is projected to increase positive 2.0% in second quarter 2022 positive 2.0% in third quarter 2022, and positive 2.0% in fourth quarter 2022, for an overall 2022 year-over-year GDP growth rate of positive 2.4%. MFS Investment Management has pointed out that the negative negative 8.3 percent swing from an annualized U.S. GDP growth rate of positive positive 6.9 percent in fourth quarter 2021 to an annualized negative 1.4 percent growth rate in first quarter 2022 represents, other than the volatile swings in the 2020 GDP during the first year of the pandemic, the largest absolute downward move in the size of the U.S. economy in 40 years when the positive 4.9% annualized growth rate of third quarter 1981 downshifted to a negative 4.3% rate of contraction in fourth quarter 1981. Looking beyond the negative 1.4% annualized contraction in first quarter 2022 U.S. GDP, we note that real private domestic final sales actually grew at positive 3.7% annualized, up from positive 2.6% in fourth quarter 2021, with a first quarter slowdown attributable to 1. A large net export subtraction due to a surge in previously logistics-delayed imports combined with reduced export volume, owing to the extraordinary first quarter strength of the U.S. dollar, 2. Sharply lower government spending growth following the historic federal stimulus of 2021, and 3. Significant inventory destocking. We admit to some degree of concern over the downturn in real average hourly earnings to below trendline growth rates, with the attendant effects leading real retail sales to also decelerate. In our opinion, increased capital spending by the corporate sector, and not merely in the form of rising oil rig counts, represents an important 2022 and 2023 swing factor in one, augmenting productivity, two, containing inflation to some degree, and three, helping the Federal Reserve in its attempt to achieve a soft landing, generally interpreted to mean measurably bringing down inflation without causing an economic recession. According to data collected by the NFIB, National Federation of Independent Business, planned capital expenditures by small and mid-sized businesses have exhibited declines in recent months. And these data bear close watching on the second Tuesday of the coming months. Our view at this point encompasses a growth slowdown as the year progresses, with a question of whether and when a recession occurs in 2022 or 2023 and its magnitude, significantly dependent upon, one, the degree and duration of monetary policy tightening, as higher borrowing costs affect mortgage and vehicle borrowing rates, consumer credit costs, corporate spending plans, and not least, financial asset valuations, which themselves feed into economic activity. Two, the influence of consumer and producer price inflation on households and corporate confidence, and thus, not only their spending patterns, but also their productivity to spend. And three, exogenous factors including potentially positive or negative political developments, public health conditions, lockdowns, and geopolitical perpetua on U.S. and or global growth. Monetary policy and interest rates. In line with market expectations at its meeting on May 3rd through the 4th, the Federal Reserve Board's Federal Open Market Committee voted unanimously to raise the target range for the federal funds rate by a rare 50 basis points, the largest increase since 2000, to a new target range of 75 to 100 basis points. In addition, the FOMC spelled out a plan to shrink its 9 trillion asset portfolio by allowing 30 billion in treasuries and 17.5 billion in mortgage bonds to roll off every month in June, July, and August. After that, they will allow 60 billion in treasuries and 35 billion in mortgage securities to run off every month. At the May 4th post-meeting news conference, Fed Chairman Jerome Powell indicated that committee members broadly agreed that additional half-point increases could be warranted at the June 14th through the 15th and July 26th through 27th FOMC meetings. Assuming these rate hikes are implemented, and based on extant expectations that the FOMC raises its target policy rates by 25 basis points at each of the remaining post-July FOMC meetings in 2022, scheduled for September 20th through the 21st, November 1st through the 2nd, and December 13th through the 14th, the target Fed funds rate at the end of this year would be 2.5 to 2.75 percent, midpoint 2.625 percent. The FOMC provided justification for the announced interest rate and portfolio reduction moves in its press release, which stated. Although overall economic activity edged down in the first quarter, household spending and business fixed investment remain strong. Job gains have been robust in recent months, and the unemployment rate has declined substantially. Inflation remains elevated, reflecting supply and demand imbalances related to the pandemic, higher energy prices, and broader price pressures. For historical context, the upper bound of the Federal Funds target rate since the turn of the millennium, between 2004 and 2006, the FOMC raised its benchmark policy rate by 4.25 percentage points to a peak of 5.25%. And between 2015 and 2018, the FOMC raised monetary policy rates from near zero to a two and a quarter to a two and a half range before Chair Powell signaled a precipitate end to the hikes at the beginning of 2019 and in anticipation of the May 4th increased level of the target Fed funds rate, yields had already commenced their upward move for two-year U.S. Treasury bonds and on 10-year U.S. Treasury bonds as well. On Friday, May 6th, Yields on two-year U.S. Treasury bonds were 2.72%, and yields on 10-year U.S. Treasury bonds reached 3.12%. If inflation continues to surprise to the upside and persists at levels substantially exceeding the Fed's policy targets, the odds increase that the FOMC could be compelled to emphasize curbing inflation above its other priorities, which include bolstering the labor markets and supporting financial asset prices. To bring inflation back down nearer to targeted levels, it appears that the Fed is likely to have to tighten monetary conditions more forcefully, perhaps moving the Fed funds rate as high as 4 to 5% or above. A target rate this high, currently well above financial market expectations, could putatively bring about a sufficient degree of financial asset weakness on equity and bond prices that would likely impinge upon the real economy and at the same time test the resolve of the Fed to continue these strictures. The Wall Street Journal has noted that during the past 80 years, the Fed has never lowered inflation as much as it is now setting out to do, by approximately four percentage points, without causing a recession. To our way of thinking, especially given the price gains of the S&P 500 in each of the last three years, in 2019 positive 28.9%, in 2020 positive 16.3%, and in 2021 positive 26.9%, it may take a considerable decline in equity prices to bring about a pause, if not a complete halt, in the Fed's monetary policy tightening stance. Such considerations underpin our continued cautious and conservative portfolio positioning, emphasizing short-term liquid reserves, defensive-style assets, and a highly discriminating tilt toward quality within the value and growth-style categories. The Inflation Outlook in its April 27, 2022 updated edition of the World Economic Outlook, the International Monetary Fund, IMF, projects that the pace of inflation in advanced economies should reach a 38-year high of positive positive 5.7 percent in 2022, while price increases in emerging market and developing economies will accelerate to positive positive 8.7 percent, the fastest rate since the global financial crisis in 2008. In what we consider an unquestionably uncertain forecast, the IMF also projects that these economies' inflation will then slow in 2023 to positive 2.5% and positive 6.5%, respectively. The price index most closely followed by the Federal Reserve policymakers is the Personal Consumption Expenditures (PCE) price index, which rose positive 6.6% year over year on a headline basis in the 12 months ending March 2022, the fastest pace of inflation in 40 years since 1982 and more than three times the Fed's targeted 2% average annual increase for this measure. The core PCE index, which excludes volatile food and fuel prices, rose positive 5.2% year-over-year. It is worth remembering that for inflation to meaningfully decline, economic principles dictate that, one, demand has to decline and or, two, supply has to increase. Among the forces adding to reported inflation rates have been, 1. Increased demand driven by the aggressive monetary and fiscal policy stimulus applied during the pandemic years of 2020 and 2021. 2. Meaningful supply constraints resulting from component shortages, shipment delays, and logistics issues. 3. Low unemployment, creating wage pressures, and adding to consumer purchasing power. Four, significantly upward trending house prices and rents. Five, supply disruptions associated with the Russia-Ukraine conflict as well as with COVID-related interruptions and delays in the U.S., China, and other countries. Six, at least in the early stages for many goods and services, heightened year over year, base effects associated with comparisons versus the depressed prices prevailing during the height of the COVID pandemic, and seven, the degree to which price increases and inflationary psychology become more permanently entrenched in private sector thinking and behavior. While many of these rates of increase may begin to rise at a slightly slower pace than in previous months, thus manifesting the first slowdown since August 2021, for the first time being, consumer price inflation remains close to four-decade highs because shelter costs may account for as much as two-fifths of many household budgets. And in fact, such expenses represent 40% of the Consumer Price Index. Increasing costs of shelter may limit the rate of any deceleration in the CPI. Home prices rose in February 2022 at the fastest month-over-month pace on record, up positive 20.2% from a year earlier to an all-time high, with the overall housing sector representing one-fifth of U.S. GDP. It may require a significant degree of monetary policy restraint to cool housing market inflation. Higher interest rates and borrowing costs associated with the demand for homes, motor vehicles, and other durables is estimated to decline in response to declining affordability, which in turn is assumed to slow the rate of price increases as well. In first quarter 2022, the U.S. Employment Cost Index rose positive 1.4 percent quarter-on-quarter, up from positive 1.0 percent in fourth quarter 2021 and positive 4.5 percent year-over-year, a meaningful increase from the cycle low point of positive 2.5 percent year-over-year in third quarter 2020 and deemed likely to compress corporate profit margins in coming quarters. The April- labor force participation rate of 62.2 percent, reflecting a constrained labor supply, needs to expand in order to improve the prospects of an easing wage inflation. By contrast, the strong U.S. dollar may have a modestly dampening effect on inflation and render a modest augmentation to corporate profits. The DXY index of the U.S. dollar against six major currencies has appreciated positive 8.1 percent year-to-date as of May 9th, and has gained positive 15.1% over the previous 12 months. A rising dollar tends to, one, give stimulus to U.S. exports, and two, put some degree of downward pressure on consumer and producer price indices in the U.S. Past episodes of high inflation in the U.S. and many other countries have shown that substantially bringing elevated inflation rates under control usually requires a decidedly positive monetary policy interest rate, i.e. policy interest rates materially, higher than the pace of price increases. Such past experience informs our current feeling that the path of least resistance for interest rates continues to be up, with the terminal rate a function not only of underlying inflation and financial asset price trends, but also of the ability of the monetary authorities to withstand the inevitable political and public opinion pressure agitating for lower interest rates. Past experience has also shown that postponing or vitiating seriously needed financial discipline can lead to even more severe inflation in the future, just as delaying or not adhering to a critically required medical or physical fitness regimen can bring on deleterious health consequences. Now let's discuss portfolio positioning. Portfolio positioning strategies – Following the S&P 500's well-above-average total return performance of positive 31.5% in 2019, positive 18.4% in 2020, and positive 28.7% in 2021, and in the current environment of one, monetary policy tightening, two, slowing yet still above-average economic expansion, and three, upwardly trending inflation. We believe that careful thought, planning, and attention need to be devoted to the investors' most appropriate forms and vehicles for implementing the fundamental elements of asset allocation and investment strategy, which include 1. Diversification. While it does not by any means guarantee a profit or insure against a loss, diversification means including low and negatively correlated investment exposures that truly counterbalance price movements in other assets, particularly during times of great financial stress and or rising financial asset volatility. Two, rebalancing, which encompasses judiciously using concepts of reversion to the mean and market price dislocations to term exposures to assets that have grown to represent too large a portion of the overall portfolio, while at the same time adding exposures to high-quality assets that have fallen out of investor favor and suffered significant, though deemed not permanent, price declines versus intrinsic value. 3. Risk management, which involves recognizing when markets have become consumed by unrealistic expectations, meme securities, excessive speculation, momentum plays, story stocks and information overload, a situation that has pertained at various times last year and this year to a number of companies in certain parts of the cryptocurrency realm and the technology spectrum, and understanding the degree of liquidity, true pricing realism and the appropriate roles of short-term liquid securities, real assets, financial assets, and alternative assets during intervals of geopolitical disturbance and especially in years-long or even decades-long regimes of inflation, stagflation, deflation, monetary disruptions, and currency resets. 4. Reinvestment which encompasses knowing when to emphasize and trade off income return versus capital growth, all the while keeping in mind the critical importance of discipline, equanimity, patience, perspective, cost, consciousness, tax awareness, and longevity in capturing and compounding dividend coupon rental, maturing securities, and other forms of incoming capital flows, and five. Asset Protection and Husbandry, which encompass considerations of current and likely future income, wealth, and capital gains taxation at the state, local, federal, and possibly international level, estate planning, relevant insurance design and structuring, cybersecurity shielding, portfolio monitoring and reporting, administrative expenses, forms, frequency, and means of asset access and asset custody portfolio positioning principles. With roughly equal weightings to growth, to value, and to defensive style rubrics, we continue to allocate a meaningful exposure to equities, leavened by judicious apportionments to short-term high-quality income-generating instruments, with prudent shifts between style sectors, geographies, and where appropriate, from a cost-timing tax liquidity and size standpoint, public versus private markets. Expressed are a number of themes that we believe should be taken into consideration over the next few quarters and years in selecting asset categories categories, asset classes, asset managers, sectors, companies, and security types. One, paying attention to the value of money, taking advantage of, rather than being taken advantage by, the consequences of money printing, internal and external currency debasement, government debt monetization, and the modern monetary theory approach that to some degree in the pandemic response area has at times been pursued by the authorities, within shifting money and credit cycles, to service America's massive explicit government and corporate indebtedness, and the enormous implicit obligations of pension and health care promises. Two, concentrating on all-weather sectors and companies, seeking investments with balance and flexibility that are able to thrive regardless of which political persuasion informs the thinking and policies of the White House, Congress, the judiciary, the state legislatures, and relevant domestic and international regulatory authorities, evolving environmental, social, and governance, ESG priorities and values, wealth distribution initiatives, and public health conditions, episodes of geopolitical tension, such as have especially pertained in recent months, entente and detente, and wider socioeconomic trends. Three, distinguishing between temporary and permanent change. Focusing on the commercial and financial implications of new social and political power structures, alliances, and global associations, new energy sources and resources, new trade channels, new on and offshoring structures, new cost, logistical, supply chain, and transportation modalities, new work from home and work from anywhere employment methods, new business models, pathways, digitalizations, and forms of person-to-person and business-to-business work, leisure, learning, and wellness activity. Four, taking advantage of demographic tailwinds through U.S. and select non-U.S. companies, recognizing current economic and financial challenges facing several emerging markets and using significant asset price and valuation discontinuities, shifts in currency exchange rates, and shifts in consumer and business preferences to gain exposure to and benefit from the rising needs, aspirations, and appropriate spending power of the expanding global middle class. 5. Comprehending and verifying past success, emphasizing companies and sectors that have demonstrated successful track records and past experience in competitive preeminence, abundant free cash flow generation, capital allocation skill, balance sheet strength, risk management, sustainably defendable business models, and the ability to extend high multi-year returns on equity derived from revenue growth and favorable margin preservation, rather than through disproportionately high levels of leverage, meaningfully above the company's and sector's weighted average cost of capital, and six, identifying innovative and disruptive technology hegemons, selectively and with acumen and understanding, focusing on technology enablers, disruptors and dominators in such fields as diagnostics, biotechnology, and therapeutics based on CRISPR, weight management and well-being, public health, medical nutrition, regenerative medicine, artificial intelligence, data analytics, machine learning, 5G cellular network technology, the Internet of Things, infrastructure, robotics, retraining, quantum computing, battery inventions, alternative energy, virtual reality and augmented reality devices, hypersonic aviation, electric vehicles, and cybersecurity, while not least, also taking account of the environmental, social, and governance, ESG risks, aspirations, and initiatives of companies in these and other fields. Now let's discuss portfolio positioning tactics. 1. Keeping things in perspective. Many of the overarching themes and conditions that influence our intermediate and long-term asset allocation and investment strategy emphasize the need to recognize that the concepts and implementation methods intended to achieve safety, balance, purchasing power protection, diversification, and liquidity are likely to face evolving and sometimes rapidly shifting taxation regimes, regulatory emphases, social priorities, geopolitical power relationships, price level changes, demographic trends, indebtedness levels, technological Penetration and usages, financial structures, currency systems, and importantly, perceptions of the definition, role, degree of physicality, embodiment, and value of money itself, to flexibility versus conviction in formulating investment thinking, in seeking to determine when to adhere to and when to lean against prevailing consensus views. Such views may be sometimes pejoratively referred to as groupthink. It is important to critically question the soundness and durability of the reasoning and assumptions underlying a given investment framework and positioning at any point in time, while it at intervals may not make sense to hold out of consensus views often expressed as fighting the tape at other times, especially at major cyclical or secular turning points, at a significant asset top when reality is finally found To fall short of prevailing overly optimistic expectations or a major asset bottom, when reality is shown to be worth considerably more than prevailing overly pessimistic expectations, the rewards of implementing a contrarian stance can be quite meaningful. 3. Enhancing and preserving. Even with some of the speculative fervor having materially diminished in more than a few areas of the financial realm, we still confess to a degree of unease over numerous lingering manifestations of investor exuberance and the popularity of certain securities and sectors considered to be forever holdings. Our inclination at this juncture remains to take note of the Federal Reserve's explicit policy measures to rein in inflation while taking advantage of episodes of asset price strength to continue the course of upgrading positions, offloading lower quality. Quality, higher risk assets, and with timing and price discipline gradually adding to attractively priced, higher quality assets on equity market pullbacks. With monetary policy interest rate increases and quantitative tightening, the Federal Reserve balance sheet reduction set to commence, slowing growth in China, and in view of our expectation of continued serious asset price volatility in the months ahead, Prudence Council's remaining aware of the narrow market breadth, along with the meaningful headline and below-the-surface deterioration in the Russell 2000, the Nasdaq Composite and the S&P 500 indices, while formulating specific game plans to take advantage of such retrenchments as a key element determining the time and amount of new capital commitments. 4. Equity emphases and de-emphases In the current conditions of rising U.S. Treasury interest rates, particularly at the short end of the maturity spectrum, to us it appears likely that cash-generating, financially stable companies with robust growth prospects, which are able to operate and thrive against a distinctly unsettled geopolitical backdrop and in the digital sphere as they continue to enhance their business models, deserve to retain some degree of evaluation affirmation. Within equities, one, we recommend continuing to gradually shift emphasis from growth sectors, companies, and managers towards the inclusion of select value and defensive sectors, companies, and managers, with a focus on energy, industrials, select financials, materials, COVID recovery, reopening, and consumer staple sectors, and a concomitant de-emphasis on companies and sectors dependent on access to low-cost energy. Two. We continue to counsel very selectively adding small and mid-cap companies or investment managers specializing in and with good track records in this space to our primary emphasis on large capitalization enterprises, and three, for the time being, while we continue to prefer a tactical overweighting to U.S. domestic equities, with pullbacks such as those encountered in January, February, and April viewed as an opportunity to only carefully and highly selectively add equities, particularly those sectors and companies likely to thrive in a less predictable economic environment. We also espouse holding, or gradually building, Relatively circumscribed allocations to global leaders listed in international markets. Five, focus on strength and quality. Our long-term equity portfolio weightings continue to emphasize asset managers, sectors, and specific companies that can benefit from the major identifiably sustained trends of the 2020-2030 decade, including 1. Incremental growth in a wide range of economic circumstances, 2. A focus on economic and infrastructure repair, digitalization, e-commerce, personal wellness, safety, domesticity, home improvement, and sustainable consumer demand, and 3 advantageous capture of benefits from onshoring, supply chain redesign, and deglobalization as important drivers of capital spending and disruptive innovation. At the company level in equities, we emphasize identifying and building long-term exposure to firms possessing fortress-like cash-rich balance sheets, prudence in balance sheet utilization, limited debt, Consistency and durability of positive free cash flow generation, dividend strength and competitive business models with abiding competitive advantages, high barriers to entry, low threat of substitute products, and enduring pricing power vis-a-vis suppliers and or customers that over a long time frame can generate high returns on equity through revenue growth and sustainable profit margins rather than through unhealthily high levels of leverage. At the current time, we recommend that consideration be given to top quality companies in the healthcare and consumer staple sectors, as well as firms exceptionally positioned to benefit from inflationary forces in the commodities and financial sectors. Six. Balancing Growth and Value Sectors at its closing level of 2453.23 on Friday, April 29th, the price return of the Russell 1000 Growth Index symbol RLG and including companies in sectors such as technology, healthcare and communication services was according to the Wall Street Journal down -20.2% from its December 31st, 2021 closing level of 3074.99. While the price return of the Russell 1000 Value Index symbol RLV, and including companies in sectors such as financial, real estate, energy, utility, and industrial businesses, was at its closing level of 1,541.02 on Friday, April 29th, according to the Wall Street Journal, down negative 6.9% from its December 31st, 2021, closing level of 1,655.73. This 13.3 percentage point value minus growth returns differential appears to argue for continuing A degree of balanced exposure in selected value sectors, companies, and managers, as well as in selected growth sectors, companies, and managers. As this process continues, it is worth keeping in mind that true value investing represents identifying and owning assets that are trading for less than they are actually worth, not assets that are merely inexpensive. Many superficially inexpensive assets may, without a doubt, be inexpensive for a reason and can very well remain so or deteriorate further. 7. Fixed-income securities, reflecting their largest quarterly price declines in more than three decades, US Treasury bond prices year to date through April 29th have declined negative 3.1% in the 1 to 3 year maturity range, negative 10.6% in the 7 to 10 year maturity range, and negative 19.4% in the above 20-year maturity range. Even though yield movements have continued to ascend in the past month, to us they appear likely to exhibit further increases over the course of the coming months. And outside the United States, according to Bloomberg in late March, a dramatically lower total of $2.7 trillion, down from $18 trillion in early 2021 was outstanding in global negative-yielding sovereign and some corporate debt outstanding. We continue a preference for issuers at the high-quality end of the rating spectrum, both in taxable investment grade and high-yield bonds, and in tax-exempt bonds where we see some pockets of value on a taxable equivalent basis. We view fixed-income securities as continuing to be subject to Federal Reserve policy-induced price risk due to our current expectation of higher yields as 2022 progresses, and thus we prefer maturities and durations along the short-to-intermediate portion of the yield curve spectrum. 8. U.S. dollar outlook after declining negative 9.9% in 2017, appreciating positive 4.4% in 2018, marginally gaining positive 0.4% in 2019 and declining negative 3.4% in 2020, the DXY U.S. dollar index measured versus a basket of six major currencies, the euro, Japanese yen, Swedish krona, British pound, Canadian dollar, and Swiss franc had, as of its market close of 95.97 on December 31st, appreciated positive 6.7% in 2021. On Friday, April 29th, the DXY U.S. dollar index had appreciated positive 7.5% year-to-date, closing at 103.21. Over the next few quarters, given our expectations of the Federal Reserve, 1. Stepping up the pace of its projected policy interest rate increases, and 2. Commencing the process of reducing the size of its portfolio of U.S. Treasury and mortgage-backed securities, we believe the U.S. dollar, although relatively high on a short-term basis and possibly subject to a technical correction may rise relative to major currencies including the euro and japanese yen 8 Alternative Investments and Real Assets. In Alternative Investments, we continue our multi-quarter focus that has for some time emphasized exposure to 1. Commodities and real asset sectors of the economy, including industrial metals, agriculture, and materials, 2. Gold and or gold mining ETFs, shares, particularly those miners with reserves and stable geographic locations, capital discipline, and cash flow growth. 3 high-quality master limited partnerships with strong business models and sustainable dividend paying capacity, four, select investments in private credit and private real estate, five, in opportunistic strategies that are positioned to selectively derive meaningful value from dislocations created by geopolitical disorder and or potentially injurious mutations of the coronavirus, as well as the economic and profits recuperation therefrom. In preparing portfolio positioning strategies, portfolio positioning principles, and portfolio positioning tactics for 2022, we pay tribute to the oft-quoted observation of the 34th U.S. President and Five-Star General Dwight David Eisenhower, 1890-1969, that plans are useless, but planning is indispensable. With this wisdom in mind, our 2022 investment planning approach reflects and encompasses the following themes. One, growing but slowing. GDP as forecast by the IMF approximately positive 3.6% in 2022 and 2022 corporate profits, as estimated by FactSet, approximately positive 9.5%. 2. Transitioning to a restrictive monetary and fiscal policy backdrop. 3. Fluctuating financial asset prices in conditions featuring shifting performance leadership and increased equity VIX, bond, move, and currency VXY volatility. 4. Differentiating, with emphasis on greater discernment and selectivity in asset classes, managers, sectors, and companies. 5. Challenging. In an environment of elevated valuations, the easy money has likely been made, with a recent significant sharp upward and downward swings in individual securities prices not a usual characteristic of bull markets. This concludes our May Market Commentary by David M. Darst. David is Americana Partners' Chief Investment Officer. We are available to answer questions you may have regarding the topics discussed. If you'd like a full copy of the report, please visit our website at www.americanapartners.com and request to join our distribution list. Thank you for listening. This is Melissa Giles, Director of Portfolio Management with Americana Partners. Stay invested.